0: It's always good to get to be up here and uh, get to share a little message with y'all this morning. And I continue to appreciate uh, sort of the support of Jason and the elders in sending me up here. Um, I, you know, this is, you might not be counting, but I am. It's four um, times uh, asked to, uh, or given the opportunity, really, and at least that's how I look at it, to come up here and get to share with you some thoughts. And uh, when I was asked to sort of get to come up and, think about sharing some thoughts about this series, I was really just jumped at the opportunity because this is one that I think has been just extremely not only timely and appropriate, but moving and supportive as well. Right? For the last six weeks, we've been thinking about God of this city. Right? We've been thinking about what does that mean in our lives. Right? If we stand here and we call out and we cry to Jesus and make him the Savior of our lives, we see him as our God. Well, what does that mean for us? What are we supposed to be doing with that information? What are we supposed to be going with that? How are we supposed to live our lives once we've been saved? What are we supposed to do? We've been thinking about this. And as we've been thinking about what does it mean to be God's people doing God things in God's city, We've sort of been trying to look at what's the best example we can look to. And well, anytime you want to look to a good example about how to live a godly life, there's one person who's got it figured out, and that's Jesus. Right? That's Jesus. Right? Jesus is our example, right? And in fact, that's the example we've been using for the last six weeks. And you know, again, to spend and close out this series, what I wanted to do really with our time together this morning is twofold. First, I want to take a little time and reflect on this journey we've been on the last six weeks, right? So we're going to talk a little bit about those city connections. I want to rehash those and remember those. But really, when I was thinking about what we need to do with this series, right? it's just that. It's what do we need to do, right? When I, want to, when I sit here and I think and I listen to these messages and listen to Jesus's teachings and these stories, I start trying to figure out, okay, well, what's next? Right? What are we going to do with this, right? If we truly believe this, and this is a calling and a cornerstone, wants to pick up and move with, what are we going to do? So I hope by the end of a short little time here this morning is that what I want us to do is put this in the back of your heads is I want us to figure that out. I want to try to help us come up with what exactly we are going to do. More importantly, what are you going to do? By the end of this morning, and start thinking about it now, I want you to think about what is one thing that you can do to be God of this city? After all, that is what we are called to be, right? We are called to be God's people, to be God here on earth, right? To be Jesus to our community, to love one another. That's what we've been seeing and talking about for these last six weeks. So before we figure out the plan, I it would be good just to remember a little bit about what we've been doing, right? Last six weeks, we've been thinking about this God of the city theme, right? And as we think about what it means to be God's people doing God things in God's city, right? The first week, Jason shared this idea with us, right, to Just be thinking about. And he turned to Luke chapter 4, a story there in which Jesus first came out and made it very well known what he was going to be doing, right? Why he was called here to this earth, right? Why did God send his son to be flesh down to earth to dwell among us? He came for a specific reason. He was to deliver captives and heal the blind, to release the oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He came to make it all equal again. He came to rescue. And at the end of this week, what well, we decided that, well, if that's what Jesus was came here to do, and we're followers of Jesus, then we need to be doing the exact same thing, right? We need to be healing, right? To be lifting those who are stuck in oppression, who have been brought down, whether it's physically or emotionally or spiritually, through systemic issues or things of their own creation, we need to be lifting one another up, right? If we are to be God's people, then we need to be doing godly things in God's city. So right off of that, we springboarded to week two, right? Week two, very simple story. Simple story we've heard a lot of times. It's actually one of my favorite stories in the Bible, sharing with uh, John chapter 4, thinking about Jesus coming across this, this Samaritan woman by a well. Right? When we're trying to figure out how we're going to be Jesus, we figure, well, let's look to Jesus. What did Jesus do? And in this story here, we remember Jesus came across this woman by a well. Not just any woman, the Samaritan woman, and we talked about how, why she was out there in the middle of the day, the fact that there was a Jew now talking to a Samaritan, right, things that aren't done in that day and age, nothing we know anything about today, right? We have no problem talking to people who are different than us, right? When I think about this series and I think about how timely it is, we continue to still have these same barriers, right? We continue to look at other people, right, men and women, children, and we don't always see that reflection of God. We don't always see that reflection of God, but Jesus did. Right? Jesus did so much that he did not even blink an eye or flinch when he was found himself at a well with a woman. And he shared what he had to offer. He shared the love and the grace that his Father has for all people. And what did she do with that when she heard that and realized who he was? Kept it to herself? No. Right? She didn't keep it to herself, right? She ran and told everybody she could, and in doing so, by sharing this thing that she had been given, by sharing this thing, this love of Christ, she brought more and more people to know Jesus, What we learn from this story is that when Jesus took the time to care and to share, that was contagious, right? How awesome is that? And when we care enough, we should be sharing that, right? We should be sharing our faith with other people. This love that we've been given isn't just love and grace for us, right? Yes, it is, right? And that's great. And I'm loved, and that is awesome, right? But if I just keep that, right? If I take that candle and I put it a bushel over that, and it's shown to no one, right? We're not called to that. We're called to be a light on a hilltop, right? We're called to share this love. This is not for us alone, but for all people. And we need to be sharing that love as well, right? as Jesus did. Two weeks down, three weeks. On the third week, right, brought a little story of Matthew. Right? The story of Matthew, there in Matthew chapter 9, Matthew writes and shares his story about how he got to know Jesus. Matthew, again, was you know, one of the favorite people that everyone loved to deal with. He was a good old tax collector. Right. We talked about how tax collectors were worth even less back then or thought of even less back then. Right? These tax collectors, not always on the up and up, sometimes thought of the cheats and just the deplorables, the untouchables. And Jesus went and broke bread with them. Right? Not just one or two, but a whole group, right? Sat down, got to know them, talking with them, and eating with them, sharing time with them, right? Knowing full well that this was not going to be viewed very well and not caring at all either. Right? Not worrying about what other people are going to say, what they're going to think, or even how maybe some of those other people he was eating with might feel or think he was going to stop and listen and take the time. He stepped into the mess, right, not afraid of what others may say or what may happen to him in the process. And again, as using that as an example, we too should be unafraid to step into the mess there, to meet people where they are and to love people for who they are. We try to think about what that means here. You know, as I think about trying to rehash this and how we can do this as well, what are the examples we have today? Um, since he's here and would have done it anyway, I wanna point out, you know, our Pastor Jason, right? Wasn't afraid this week to step into the mess and there was some mess, big mess, in our community. And thank you for that example, right? We look at what our world is right now. We know that there is hate, that there is, we do not act as even those who may cry out for Christ act as Christ would. We know that many of us don't know that grace and that love. There's a lot of barriers between people, barriers that we put up, barriers that have been put in front of us through generations. We know that oftentimes these circumstances result in a lot more violence. When there's conflict between groups of people, we have choices to make. When there's conflict there, we have a choice to make whether or not we're going to respond with more darkness, more hatred, whether we're going to try to win this world or we're going to try to win God's world. We have a choice whether we're gonna respond with love or we're gonna respond with hate. I'm proud of this town and proud of uh, examples that not just Jason, but many people chose to respond to this with love. Right? Respond Chose to respond by calmly and taking the time not to be quiet, and that's the key there too, right? No one said, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna stay at home. Right? We need to talk and communicate and work these things out. We're never going to get anywhere if we don't talk, if we don't share, if we don't open our hearts up to the possibility that that person I'm looking at is also God as well. We need to step into the mess. If you haven't gotten a chance to read, there's a great op-ed piece in the Times, our paper that Jason wrote about that experience and what he saw and got to experience there in our Thomasville United. We're an example for our country right now. Again, we try to choose more and more hopefully to respond with ha- respond to hate with love. Respond to disagreements with an open hand, right? And an open heart and an open mind. Just like Jesus did, right? Living in that. Back to week four sort of built on that same idea. Right? If we're not afraid to step in the mess. We're also not afraid. We're not going to let anything keep us from Jesus. Right, week four we had that great story about those friends. Right, a, and this paralyzed man who needed a little help from his friends. Right? started off with a little Beatles song. and That's always fun. Right? remember that? Sing together. Great message there. Right, about these group that weren't knew that their friend needed Jesus. Right? They knew that their friend needed Jesus. His friend knew that he needed Jesus. Right, it wasn't how How is he going to get to see Jesus when Jesus has a million people around him keeping him from him? There's buildings and literal walls, and what his friends do? They tore a hole through a roof, dropped his friend down, carefully, I'm sure. So, you got Jesus there, so if it wasn't too carefully, he'd fix it up. Right? I also wonder if that patch didn't get healed up pretty easily, too. Right great idea that we're not supposed to let anything come between not just us and Jesus, and there's plenty of barriers that can do that, right? Plenty of barriers that can keep us from Jesus, right? The world is full of barriers, right? If you stop and just let it, right? We can close ourselves off, or we can bury ourselves in work. We can wrap ourselves up with things of the world, the wants and desires of our hearts, getting that new gadget, you know, finding you know, something else to do than taking the time to get to Jesus. Right? Taking the time to sit down with our Bibles in the morning and thinking about what's on our hearts and sharing that with Jesus. Right? We can have plenty of barriers in our own lives and we can see plenty of barriers in other people's lives. Right? What are we willing to do to knock down those barriers? Right? To help bring people closer to Jesus, right? just as those people did. And what happened when they broke down those barriers? He was healed. God didn't say, what are you doing with my roof? Get out of here. Right? You guys are crazy. Right? He could have. Right? Just stole hold my roof. Right? If somebody does that, you're going to call the police and get them escorted out of here. Right? He didn't do that. Jesus responded with the same love and the grace that he shows all people. Right? And things we can learn there. In week five, Jason came back after a week being in Atlanta. Right, and we turn to that story of the Good Samaritan there in Luke 10 right, and share with us this, his experiences there in Atlanta. And I appreciate that and enjoy that message as well. Because what Jason brought back was experience, right? We're trying to figure out how we're going to be God in this city, what we're going to do, how we're going to do these things. The great thing is, and I'm a big advocate, is there's no need to reinvent the wheel, in fact, we shouldn't be reinventing the wheel because the wheel's been worked on by a lot of people for a long time, and there's a lot better ways to do things than what we may think, right? In fact, even when I'm talking about my messages, I need to share that with other people right? in order to, because there's a better way to do things than what I might think. I can do things in my head, To right? have a good idea, we don't need to just rely on our ideas. There's a great experiences from other people, and Jason brought the stories of these different great ministries going on in Atlanta, and how they've refine their work, and what they've seen is they try to love their neighbors. Right? How they try to love in a godly love, right? Because there's other, lots of ways to love, right? You can love in a selfish way, right? You can love in a way that makes you feel really good, right? I know I can stand up here and talk for a very long time, and I'm going to feel really good and tired by the end of it, and I'm going to feel like I did something. Right? That doesn't always mean I did do something, right? I know that. I'm a teacher for a living, right? I lecture, and I know the longer I talk, the more tired I get, and the more tired I get means the more successful I must have been, right? (laughs) I also know that's not true, right? That's why I'm not going to talk too long here this morning, right? Because I know I need to think about y'all sitting there too, right? I need to think about what you're feeling, what you're dealing with, and what you're thinking about. I need to meet you where you are, right? I need to love you in a way that you feel Dignity, right? And that was one of those great things I loved about those ministries and talking about how they get to love one another by building that sense of self-worth and self-respect. And as we go out into the world and we reach out, we're not looking to build ourselves up, right? It's not about us, right? When I hand out assistance to somebody, we should do it in a a godly heart, in a way that they feel empowered and that godly spirit too. And I appreciate you know, the fact that we're open to outside help as well, right? That we don't need to just rely on our own minds, that we can rely on those great experiences from others as we think about how we get to be loving to our neighbors around us, right? And then last week in the series sort of picked up and stayed in that story of the Good Samaritan and explored a little further not just who our neighbors are, but what we're supposed to do for our neighbors. And remember, again, our neighbors, are. who's our neighbors? Everybody. Right? Everyone is our neighbors. Everyone we come in contact, not just the people right next to you, sitting next to you here in church, not just those that show up at church, not just those that live next door to you, but those you pass on the street, those you are standing behind in Walmart who are taking a very long time because they can't find their checkbook. We are to love all of our neighbors. Those who post something on Facebook that we disagree with, right? We're to respond with love. Those who say something that we might think actually is not a godly thing, right? We need to think about how can we guide them in a loving way, in a supportive way, in which they feel empowered and respected and dignified in those responses, right? We're to lift each other up. Our goal here is to construct a kingdom, not destroy a world. Our goal is to construct and lift each other up. And we can't do that by words that are spiteful or harsh or critical. We can challenge one another. We can, And we should challenge one another. I don't ever want to think that I'm not for challenging our ideas of one another. Even within this room, we should be challenging one another. In fact, when I think about the diversity of people we have, not just in this room, but in this planet, the great reason and why I love diversity so much is because we all have different experiences. Right? We all think about things a little bit differently. Right? And that means the more diversity, the more differences we have, the more potential that at least a few of us got it right. Right? We can't, we're not all gonna have, we all think I know the best way to do something. I know how Jesus should be shown to the world. Right? Well, I might have a little bit of that, right? Hopefully. It's not even wood. Wouldn't matter anyway. But I need outside I need other ideas, right? I need other ways of thinking about things, right? We need alternatives we need other viewpoints right we all bring unique experiences to the table and the more unique experiences we have the more possibilities of love in Jesus the more possibilities we have for other ideas for new solutions to the problems that face us and the problems that face us are great right how are we going to solve the things that divide us right the bitterness right? how are we going to give to this church what we need to be giving? How are we going to do meet the challenges that we have? We're not going to do it by just one or two minds coming to the table. The only way we're going to do is by all gathering at the table, by listening to one another, by helping each other, by reaching out to one another. We're going to have to be merciful in that process. There's going to be a lot of grace needed in that process. We have to be. Graceful not just to those around us, but probably to ourselves, if we're honest, about what it's going to take to meet the challenges that face us here as a church. So for the last six weeks, we've been thinking about what does it mean to be God's people doing God things in God's city. All these things we've been looking at, we've been looking to Jesus. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example. When I think about that, when I think about Jesus, Jesus always does one thing. He points us to the right way. Right? We have our Bible, and our Bible's great because our Bible gives us those stories. It right? gives us all these tales to look from, and all these stories and all these things point us right to Jesus. Right? These tales of how we're to love one another, how we're to knock down bears, how we're to be merciful in that mess. Right? Jesus gives us those ways. The Bible points us to Jesus, because it turns out, if you've been in this world, this world's a hard place to live in. Can I get an amen? Amen. This world is a hard place to live in. There's a lot in this world to deal with on a daily basis. This world, and there's a lot of ways you can live in this world. And if you're like me, you probably try to do it a lot of the times by yourself. I get stuck in that rut myself, right? I try to do things myself. I try to fix things. I try to see what I can do and keep it all in, and I can get through this, right? I can figure this out. I don't need anything. And usually what happens when I do that? Fall on my face. Right? Make mistakes that, if I would have shared, would have been helped and pointed out and found a better way of doing things. I know that when I start living my life for me, things don't start going very well for me. Right? Because it turns out there is a better way. Right? It turns out there's a better way to get through our lives here on this planet. Right? There's a way, and that way is Jesus. Right? Trying to figure out there's a way that we can love one another. Right? Anybody think, oh, I can never love that person, but guess what? Jesus can, and Jesus does. And if we accept Jesus for ourselves, then we have to accept the fact that Jesus loves everybody, right? Appreciated that message last week, right, in this final closing week, that Jesus loves everybody, and we are to love everyone as well. It doesn't matter what they are, where they are, what they think. We are to love and respond to them in kind, because that's exactly what Jesus does for us. Right? And if you're trying to figure out how to do that, just look to Jesus. Jesus points us to the way. His way is a way of love. His way, his father's way, is a way of love. Why do we need Jesus? Because we need love. And there's only one way to love, and that's the way he showed us how to love. We need Jesus. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do with this? Right? This message we've been spending six weeks now, seven weeks, this theme of being God in this city, what are we going to do? And you may be thinking to yourself, why do I even need to do anything? Right, I love Jesus. I'm good. Jesus got me. Saved, no words. Why do we need to do anything? Well, read a little bit from James chapter 2. 14, 17. I want to read this as a message translation from the message in which James, Jesus' little brother, is talking about putting faith into action. James writes, Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, You come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? We got to have faith first, right? We got to have faith, right? And if that's something struggling with and how to have that faith, we can work with that too. Right? And that's going to be part of the journey too. But if we have faith and we don't have action, right? if we say, God bless, when we see someone who just needs, and we see what they need and we have what they need and we don't give them what they need, there's no point in saying God bless to begin with. Having, God's, having faith in God does not mean you got to keep it to yourself. It does not mean you got to just keep going about your ways. Right? I love the song, Just As I Am. Right? I love that idea, and I know it's true. Just as you are, come. Jesus will meet you right where you are, right here, right now, this day, no matter what you're thinking, where you're feeling, any day of the week. But he's not going to keep you there. Right? Jesus doesn't want you to stay where you are. Right? That's, that's the other part, right? Jesus wants us to do something. Jesus wants you to turn to him, rely on him, and to love, and to go out and be love to the world. Because there's a lot of people that need love. And there's more
1: people.
0: Jesus needs some people to help love that world. We we need to be that Jesus. We need to go out and to do things. We need to go out and be Jesus to the world. So I said... I'm going to ask you to think about how we're going to do that. right? Because, again, we can talk about it all we want. I can talk about it and feel really good about myself, but it doesn't mean we're actually going to do anything. And I want to make sure we do something. Right? I want to help us figure out what are we going to do. right? How are we going to do this? Right? And what I want you to do and I want you to think about is what, over these last six weeks, if you listened to this message, if you thought about these words and sat here and had ideas and things come into your heart, what is what's touching you right now, right? What's been moving inside you, stirring inside you, thinking about what can I do to be Jesus? What can I do to be God in this city? What I want to do is help us along this process, and where are we are going to do that? Maybe. Go in. In front of you right now, There's an index card and a pencil. In a moment, I'm going to play some music. What I want you to do is to be thinking about this message. Not me, right? But this idea of the last six weeks that we've been talking about. Being God in this city, right? And what I want you to do on this little card, I want you to write one thing, right? One thing that you Want to do one thing that you're going to do, right? I'm going to fill in the dots. I'm going to maybe it's something small, right? I'm going to say hi to my neighbors who I never talked to, right? I'm going to pick up coffee for the guy behind me. I'm going to share Jesus with my neighbor who I then ask me questions and I just keep running away from them. Right? I'm going to what? Right? Something little? goes a long way, loving each other. Maybe it's something big. Maybe you've had a big idea. Maybe you haven't been feeling anything, and you just need prayers for help and support. What I want you to do is, one thing I don't want you to do is, I don't want you to put any names. don't need to know who you are. just need to know what you want to do. You're going to take some time and just think about it, pray about it, write it down on this piece of paper. What I want you to do, then, is just fold it in half. Fold it in half. And then come up to the front here and place it on this table. We're just going to take some time together here this morning to think about what's on your hearts. What are we going to do? What can I do? What do I want to do? What do I want to be? Put it on that piece of paper. Fold it up. Put it on here on the table. to be very transparent when I teach and why I do certain things, right? I know that when we take the time, when we write things down, I know that just by doing that, we're more likely to actually do it, right? We know that. we've Lots of studies, we know that when we write things down, it makes it real, right? We, we know that, I know that by writing it down, it makes it real, and we're more likely to do it. Right? I want us to do it, right? I know something even more powerful than that. I know not only do when we write it down, but I also know that when we turn it over to God, that's when things happen. Not just that we want to do it, right? Not even maybe making it more possible that we can do it, but let's turn it over to God and give it to him. So I'd like to do that right now, and if you'll bow your heads and pray with me. Father God, we come to you and just say, Thank you. Father God, we just, we are here. We are here today to worship you, to glorify you, to give you all the credit for the love that we have received from you. Lord, for the last six weeks, as you know, we here at Cornerstone, we've been meeting and listening and thinking about how we can be your people, doing your things in your city. Lord, we've been thinking about and praying how we, can, how we can look at all of humankind and see the reflection of you. Lord, we give you all the credit. Lord, we know that each of us is made in your image, that each of us is loved by you, that as much as you love me, you love everyone around me. Lord, in this world, there is brokenness and hurt. Lord, much of that is caused by by people, Lord. Most of it is caused by misunderstandings. Most of it is caused because we don't take the time to look at each other as reflections of God, Lord. Lord, we don't take care of the things that we have. We don't take care of the planet that we have. We need to do more, Lord. We want to do more, Lord. On this table here is a different idea, a different thing, a different will and a want that we seek to do to better bring healing to our world, to better bring your love to our world. Lord, we want to be Jesus. We want to follow these teachings. We want to do little things and big things. Lord, we know that those little things can all add up to be some great, great, amazing work. Lord, and we know that those big ideas can catch fire from that little spark. That they can burn a passion for you, and that's what we seek to do, Lord, is to light that fire in each one of these cards. Lord, I ask that you find each of these to be pleasing to you. And that you lift each heart here in this room up and Make that calling just stronger. Let it go from being words on a paper to actions in our lives, Lord. Let us go, each of us, out from these walls and share and bring these God things into your world to be that light on a hill as you've called us to be. Lord, you provide us a perfect example of what love is in your son, Jesus. We thank you for that. We seek to be that love and to be that spirit here as well. Help us along our journey, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We say, ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I know when we write things down, we're more likely to do them. I know when we turn them over to God, they're more likely to happen. But I don't want to just turn them over to God now. Rather than just our regular invitation, what I'd like to invite you to do that if you want and you feel it in your heart to come forward, as we're singing our song one more time, God of the City, as we're singing that song, if you feel it and want to come up to your heart, take one of these cards with you. Right? Take one of these cards home and pray over that card. Right? Pray for your people around you. Right? Let's pray for one another. Right? Let's lift each other up. Right? Each of these cards represents something we want to do. Lift one up. Continue praying about it, right? Continue asking God to seek and touch that heart to get these things done, right? Again, there's no names, right? We know that God has helped us put these words on a piece of paper. We want God to help put those words into the action in our hearts. If you'd like to pray over one of these cards for the next few weeks, please, as we get up here and we're going to sing, come forward, take a card. Make that part of your routine. right? There's only one way we're going to be God in this city. We're going to be doing that by following Jesus. There's only one way we're going to be able to do that, and it's not by ourselves. None of us individually is going to be able to fix the problems that we have. But together, through communication, through prayer, through support, we can get a little bit closer to that kingdom here on earth. But stand. If you have a prayer request too and we can help you in any way, please come forward as we sing one, another time, God of the City.
1: You're the God of this city. You're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. Here you are. You're the light in the darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless You're the peace to the restless You are There is no one like our God There is no one like our
2: God but great things are yet to come and greater things are still to be done in this city greater things have yet to come and greater things are still to be done in this
1: There is no one like our God. There is no one like our God.
2: For greater things are yet to come, a greater things are still to be done in this city. Sin- Greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in
1: this city. You're the God of this city the King of these people, your the of this nation.